I have thought about how to approach the beginning of the show, and I figure I'm probably going to make everybody in the audience mad uh, in my approach of this. And I, I might as well burn bridges with everybody. <laughs> They're wretched for the button to cut my mic. Um, let's start with theology. And, and this is not about theology. This is about the virus. But bear with me. Um, it, it, there's a, there is a method to my madness. Several years ago, the, the PCUSA, that's, that's the uh, heretical branch of the Presbyterian Church. Uh, they put the her in heresy. Uh, they decided to include in Christ alone. Yes, I just said that. <laughs> they decided to put uh, in Christ alone in their hymnal, uh, but they needed to change a, a line. Uh, that there was a line, and there's a line in the song that says the wrath of God uh, was satisfied, and they wanted to change that line to the love of God was magnified. Uh, and the view being that, that Jesus on the cross was the ultimate sign of love as opposed to uh, God's wrath against sin being satisfied. Uh, and that the, the Gettys who wrote the song, they refused to include it. Uh, they refused to change the line. So the PCUSA is one of the only uh, major Protestant denominations on the planet now that does not sing in Christ alone. And the issue there goes to a very basic theological point. Uh, it is a 2,000-year settled matter of orthodoxy that Jesus had to die for everyone else's sins uh, to satisfy uh, God's wrath. If you go back to Genesis 15, uh, Abraham splits these animals in half and intends to walk between them. We know archaeologically, extra-biblically, that in an illiterate society of, of the Ur called Dean Babylonian period, or not Babylonian, uh, the, the pre-Babylonian period, uh, you would split animals in half, you would walk between the entrails, and that signified visibly your making of a covenant. If you kept the king's promises, you would be rewarded. If you did not keep the king's promises, you would wind up like the animals you walked between. You don't need literacy to understand that's what's going to happen to you. It's very visual. Uh, so Abraham cuts the animals in half. He's going to make his covenant with God. Uh, he's going to be prepared to walk between them that if he screws up, if he fails to keep God as his only God, uh, then he's going to wind up like the animals. And instead, God puts Abraham to sleep. He has a vision of a smoking pot, and God himself walks through uh, these divided animals, symbolizing that if Abraham screws up, not if God screws up, but if Abraham screws up, God is going to die to satisfy uh, the covenant that that God Abraham has failed to to keep God as his only God. He's failed to keep his promises. Abraham should die. Instead, God says, you know what, Abraham, I got both ends of the deal. I'm going to magnify. I'm, I'm going to spread you throughout the world, and I'm going to die if you screw up. Well, so Jesus had to die to satisfy that end of the deal. God keeps his promises. Now, there are, believe me, this is all about the virus. Just bear with me. Uh, so there, there is this, this uh, thinking now among liberal theology that actually God is love. And so they can eliminate parts of the Bible that they decide, well, this is no longer love. For example, homosexuality in the Old Testament and the New, God is unchanging. It is still a sin. Uh, now, it's not a greater sin than adultery. It is It is a sin, though. And uh, there are a lot of, well, God is love, and, and love is love, and therefore people, that's okay now. Well, no, that actually contradicts with the Bible. So you got to begin slowly redacting parts of Scripture that you no longer agree with, and essentially God begins to look like yourself. 
you ignore the parts of Scripture that co uh, contradict with you. For example, uh, in the Old Testament, it is very clear, and in the New Testament, it is very clear, God can send pestilence like a COVID-19 virus uh, to punish people and also to call people to repent to him. Uh, in Amos 4, a very famous chapter of Amos, uh, my favorite book of the Old Testament, uh, God says he, he, he blessed Israel richly and Israel refused to repent. And so God sent pestilence and war and Israel still refused to repent. Uh, you can't if God is unchanging, and the Bible's very clear, the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the New Testament, he is unchanging, you've got to have a theology that accounts for a God of the Old Testament who can send pestilence with the New Testament God. Uh, Jesus can be angry in the temple. Why is that? He, you know, God can throw a punch, believe it or not. And there are a lot of liberal theologies out there that have that have essentially separated the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament. Uh, some of them make a covenantal argument. It's a new covenant, but but God is unchanging. And and you have this thing called progressive theology where the the Old Testament things that are in the New Testament, you can see some progression. So, for example, the role of women in society progresses through the Bible. Uh, the the positions of slaves progress through the Bible to, to the point where it, Paul is very clearly wants slaves and non-slaves to be treated the same. Uh, but then there are other things, for example, homosexuality that are as condemned in the Old Testament as in the New Testament. Uh, so you can see the transitions. You can see in the Old Testament or the New Testament, for example, uh, women in the Old Testament could not be pastors any more than they could be in the New Testament. That did not change. Some roles changed, some did not. You've got to use some level of discernment there. You've got to get a whole picture of what's going on. You can't just uh, nitpick and pick the thing that you want and say, well, this, because this is what I want, therefore this is God. Uh, that leads you down all sorts of roads, and you can see in liberal theology, the, the, not to pick on the PCUSA again, but it's one of the fastest declining denominations in Christendom, along with the Episcopalians. Why? Well, they decided to pick and choose their theology as opposed to a consistent theology. They got rid of the things uh, that they did not like about God, and so now you go to their services. Many of them are touchy-feely services. They'll select, edit, uh, quote from the Bible. You'll never get into, for example, 1 Corinthians 5 and, and the like when it comes to condemnation of sins that that church no longer believes are sins, even though the Bible's very clear about it. They dance around things. You, you, can't, you can't preach in Timothy on women can't be pastors when you've got female pastors, things like that, or you have to try to justify them. Now, why am I starting with theology? Because for my listeners, I think for most of you, that is a common ground understanding. And the reason I want to is because now I'm about to offend the other side of the equation. You need to have a theology that can explain how the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are the same, and the God of the Old Testament can wipe people out. Because guess what? The God of the New Testament is going to wipe people out as well. Concurrent to that, you need to have a reality where you can recognize that there are differences and there are experts who seem to say contradictory things, but in fact aren't necessarily contradicting each other. We're getting that with the level of truth when it comes to COVID-19, where each side is picking the expert they want who hears only what they want to hear. So, for example, the left right now wants to fire Dr. Burks. The reason they want to fire Dr. Burks, they've liked Dr. Burks all along when Dr. Burks did not have the president's back and seemed to be undermining the president. But Dr. Burks dared to go on with Jake Tapper on CNN and said this.
it bothers me that this is still in the news cycle because I think we're missing the bigger pieces of what we need to be doing as an American people to continue to protect one another. And we should be having that dialogue about asymptomatics. We should be having that dialogue about this unique clotting that we're seeing. And, you know, we're the first country that really had young people to this degree. Italy and Europe is about eight years older than us as a median age. So this is the first experience of this virus um, in an open society where we really can understand what's happening to every different age groups. These are the things that we should be talking about and focusing on. So I think as a as a scientist and a public health official and a researcher, sometimes I worry that we don't get the information to the American people that they need when we continue to bring up something that was from Thursday night. She's talking about the disinfectant and UV stuff from the president on Thursday night, who, by the way, has decided to scuttle his daily press conference briefings in the way they were. He's realizing he's doing damage to himself. But there's Dr. Burks. Jake Tapper asks her about it. And Dr. Burks says, you know, we're missing all the important stuff because everyone wants to be obsessed with the Thursday night comment as, about the, as opposed to the important stuff. And the left now wants to have her head. Meanwhile, on the right, I I have now had, in fact, I'm getting another email right now. It it has popped up from another friend of mine. Uh, There's a doctor out in California, in Kearns County, California. His his last name is Erickson, no relation, Dan Erickson. And Dan Erickson uh, held a press conference where he said it's time to reopen Kearns County, California. Uh, The local health supervisor agrees with him. They've been doing a lot of testing in their, uh, they they run um, a dock-in-the-box shop. And they're seeing COVID-19 has the same rate as the flu. And we've shut down the economy needlessly. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing to a degree, but but the key takeaway is that uh, COVID-19 is just as in wide circulation as in the flu based on the antibody testing, the testing they've done. Uh, and, and we have overreacted to the virus. And I'm seeing this and I'm only seeing it from people who say that we've overreacted to the virus. We've wrecked our economy for nothing. And again, now I am over two dozen people who have sent me this video now. I got one this morning uh, through the contact line of the resurgent. A friend of mine just sent it to me. I've had multiple people DM me on Twitter, on Instagram, text message me. And the guy makes some great points. Of course, he's an Erickson, so of course he makes good points. But just as, as you got to have a theology that, that accounts for things that seem different in the Bible, you, you got to have a fact-based, reality-based system of processing, understanding uh, that accounts for differences in what you're seeing. And, and I say it that way because on Friday, I interviewed uh, the head of uh, Piedmont Health's infectious disease program, the head of Piedmont Health's uh, head of pulmonology, the head of cardiology, an additional pulmonologist, the head of the, the Georgia Emergency Room Physicians Association, and a state senator who had the virus. And these are all experts and they're Georgia experts. And they were talking about how we haven't seen a a flu like this. They were talking about the, the antibody test that the guy in California was saying, show uh, how, how this is just as common as the flu. We're pointing out that the antibody tests that are in wide circulation right now are actually flawed and aren't reliable and that no one, no credible physician is really relying on these because there's more and more evidence that if you've ever had the common cold, you're going to test positive for COVID-19 with the antibody test. Now, is the guy in California more accurate than these people? I I don't think so. I, I don't think he's any less accurate than them. 
But I think he's looking at things and they're looking at things and maybe he doesn't realize that the antibody tests are because he's been so busy, doesn't realize that there are a lot of people who are skeptical of the antibody tests or maybe he doesn't care. He said that the public health officials in Kearns County, California, agree with him. They need to reopen. They rushed out and had a press conference and said, no, actually, we completely disagree with him. The state public health department as well says they disagree. Uh, in Georgia, we've got Darty, the Darty County hotspot. Southwest Georgia is completely overwhelmed. Their hospital's full. They're turning people away. They're sending people with non-COVID-19 to other hospitals if they can. There are hospitals in South Georgia that are having to turn away senior citizens because those senior citizens are coming from COVID-19 hotspots, and those doctors and those hospitals are afraid of spreading the virus. In the Atlanta area, we're seeing hospitals that are no longer overwhelmed. On the, on the coast in Savannah, I talked to the head of the, the emergency room there. And he says they're not overwhelmed with COVID-19. They've got a lot of room. But he said uh, 100 miles away, down in southeast Georgia in the Waycross area, they're overwhelmed. They, they don't have any more room. And in northwest Georgia, in Rome, they're continuing to build out an emergency facility because just to be on the safe side. Because although the Georgia model shows we've peaked in certain pockets of the state, including northwest Georgia and in middle Georgia and in southeast Georgia, we haven't peaked yet. The metro Atlanta area seems to have peaked, and that shapes the model because of the population size. In other parts of the country, we're seeing the same thing. If you've got to have a theology that rounds out the differences and tries to synthesize them into one overall picture. You need to do the same thing with the data. And a lot of people aren't doing that with the data. Uh, th those who want to reopen for business are gravitating to the people who say, hey, this is no big deal. It's never been a big deal. And here's the proof. And they're ignoring the people who say, wait a second, those antibody tests aren't actually that accurate yet. We've got some that are coming that are highly accurate. And yes, it does appear that this virus is more widespread than we thought. Aha, proof, proof. No, no, no. It's more widespread than we thought, but not nearly as widespread as the initial antibody tests said. Oh, at some point, you got to be able to synthesize all of this information together and come up with a common picture. And there's still so much we don't know, as Dr. Burks was pointing out. And we shouldn't be targeting her, or Dr. Fauci, for doing their job. We shouldn't be targeting this Dr. Erickson in California for doing his job and making a, a highly plausible case that it is time to reopen based on the data they're seeing. The overwhelming part of his, his focus is that they are seeing a substantive decline in the area. We should be able with precautions to reopen society. But nobody wants to have those conversations. Everybody's entrenched or either this always was a bad idea. We should have never sheltered in place or this is a good idea and we should never, ever not shelter in place as opposed to, hey, maybe we need to shelter in place for a while. But also there is economic hardship. We have crossed the corner. We have crossed the Rubicon. The, the, the numbers are coming down everywhere. Maybe it's time to figure out a way to safely reopen the country because everyone says this virus is going to come back. If it's going to come back, that means it's not going to go away. Maybe we need to find a way to, to figure out a way to accommodate it. But that's too much of a nuanced conversation for politics these days, it seems.